0: Well, Jason Scott is the Chief Executive Officer from Racing Queensland. Of course, formerly it was Brendan Parnell, who's over somewhere in the, in the Northern Hemisphere, I think in the UK. And Jason and I have had several chats uh, since he started. I think we caught up with him only days after he got his feet under the table, of course. But there's always lots of things to talk about. And uh, Jason Scott joins us. Good morning, Jason. Morning, Steve. Happy New Year. Good. Happy New Year to you as well. I'm just thinking with Magic Midians, this carnival, you can't, you can't sort of quantify what it does for the economy, can you, on the Gold Coast?
1: No, I think it's, it, it brings racing into the mainstream in terms of tourism, the people that come to the coast, uh, be it breeders selling horses, breeders buying horses, the average mum and dad who just want to buy a horse and then the people that want to go to the races. So it's changed the landscape of racing in Queensland
0: over the last 40 years without a doubt i've heard gary portelli yesterday speaking to dave stanley you know he brings the family up and he says they go to the beach he said i have a bit of sort of you know a bit of a rest uh, so mix up you know sales with with a bit of leisure activity as well and most would say that i would have thought
1: oh without a doubt i mean it's also one of the great networking opportunities for anybody involved in racing because everybody you know trainers owners everybody's there and uh, Katie and Jerry and Barry Bownage put on such a great show that it's so, it's so
0: well organised. So it's
1: a great way for people to start the year.
0: Jason, I want to start with Harness Racing. Albion Park um, obviously you you were granted an extension which you were hoping for to stay there for until the end of 2026. Uh, we're hoping to see the Interminion maybe run um, during the winter period of that particular year. What I'm wondering could there be a change um, in regards to Albion Park? Will we stay even longer in the future given you know, we could have a change of government and there's some, you know, they're looking into some projects that were proposed that they might stop, i.e. I. the Gabba and so on.
1: Yeah, look, I don't think it's unfair to say that there's plenty up in the air right now.
0: Uh, the new
1: Premier's obviously um, announced an inquiry into all of the Olympic venues at Albion Park. The reason it was being resumed, Harness and Greyhound was leaving because it was going to be used as the basketball uh, centre for the Olympics and would be the main... Uh, the main hub for the Paralympics, for, you know, uh, wheelchair football, basketball and all those indoor type sports that probably the Paralympics use a little bit more than the, the normal Olympics. So uh, that 60 day inquiry will happen. The interesting thing or the great thing for racing is that the, the new infrastructure minister is Grace, who's also the racing minister. So um, I wouldn't speculate, but I think anything's possible. I think um, we've seen the gab, we've seen what happened with the RNA. Uh, so we're, we've sort of we've been negotiating with the government for several months on this, but we've now got new people to, to talk to, and we'll we'll work through that in uh, post minions. If
0: those those events aren't run at Albion Park, where could they potentially be held?
1: Oh, look, I think I'm I'm not completely across the whole uh, infrastructure plan for the Olympics, but I know there was four or five uh, box type uh, venues that they're in the process of building. I think I think they're just going to understand exactly what they do need. Um, I don't think it's unfair to say that the costs might have got a little bit out of control there, and uh, some changes need to be made.
0: In regards to that, so if you say that ha- did happen and it wasn't no longer going to be used for Olympics and we stayed there, what would then happen with Norwell, the facility there? That...
1: Oh, look again, I, I would think you know if we stayed there, I doubt whether we would. Um, I wouldn't think we would you know if the government are trying to we're trying to cut costs and not and not build too many more facilities you wouldn't build another harness racing track hopes you could i'd like to think that we might be able to talk to the government in in getting some money to spruce up uh to spruce up our park which it needs
0: doesn't it jason
1: yeah i think I don't think there's that grandstand's a little bit old and tired, isn't it so um the actual track itself's still fantastic it but is yeah, i think if we, i think i think it it certainly needs some work but we saw it in the Dominion like that the final particularly, uh, you know, when, you, when it draws a crowd and there's a couple of thousand people there and the, the um, atmosphere and the the event that was put on by, by the Harness Racing Club was absolutely outstanding. I don't think anybody... Left there wouldn't, wouldn't return to another inner dominion.
0: It's just got so much history. We know the Gallops were there years ago, and we had the Creekers, and then when it first started, it was Boutique Speed, Pacing Capital, and Silks Restaurant. I know we're not going to get back to that magical era, but yes, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would love to stay there if that ever present if that was possible.
1: Yeah, and no, look, on top of all of that, it's possibly the best location for a, for a racetrack anywhere in Australia.
0: It is very close to the city, for those that people don't realise. Cross the road from the Brecky Creek, just down the road from Doom at an Eagle Farm. That's Albion Parker. How's that Teak Greyhound Centre going, um, you know, with these three tracks, straight track, one turn, two turn at Perger outside of Ipswich. How's it progressing?
1: Yeah, the contracts have been signed. Work's been started out there, and we're, we're on track to have it finished by the back end of this year. So... Um We've we've we had a little bit of a hiccup there with this Swiss Greyhound, but that's sorta. We've extended at least the lease. Oh right, they
0: came to the party, did early,
1: they? Till early 2025. Um, so so it will, it's it's continuing on, and we'll um we're hoping that we well, weather permitting that we have it finished in time, and we'll be we'll be be racing full time there by February next year.
0: Yeah, that's an event I'll be going to the opening of that facility. Any idea tentatively of when a date might be of the grand opening of the new track, Greyhound Centre of Excellence.
1: Yeah, probably the Grand Opening. We're probably looking at February. The thing with greyhounds, we'll, we'll drip feed because you go, you're going from one track to oh, sorry, two tracks if you include Ipswich, and so all of the dogs, the racing dogs, will want a trial before they race there. So it's not like thoroughbreds where they, don't, they just, they'll turn up or a harness race or they'll turn up and race, but they all want to have a couple of trials. So we're going to have to run hundreds of trials for a couple of months you know to get the, the dogs used to all three tracks. Uh, so we'll probably have a soft opening, start racing there once or twice a week. Um, hopefully, back end of this year, aiming to be there in February, racing eight times a week.
0: And Capalaba's future—that um, that'll remain, won't it? Even though there'll be a straight... very
1: much part of the, very much part of the future, Capalaba, Capalabar I think it's um, another another fantastic day out for anybody that's uh, living on that side of town, um, and it's a niche, and we and we need it. So, you know, definitely part of the future.
0: Yeah, I said yesterday, they're resilient, that bunch there, aren't they? And they're hardworking as well. You know, they've been through floods and fires and they just keep kicking on.
1: Oh, they are. and you know, um, it, it's, it's it's potentially not in the perfect spot uh, in terms of what happens when it rains. But Capella Bar is part of where we see the future in south-east Queensland racing and slightly out of south-east Queensland racing is Bundaberg. Which we're going to upgrade. It's currently a grass tractor. We'll make it a loan tractor to fit in with with the other most of the other tractors
0: in South East Queensland. What would be or a big time Christmas. frame on that, Jason? Oh, i like think
1: we can get that started. Certainly, the first half of this year.
0: Any other projects that you've got on the radar? Obviously, everyone's got their hand out. And I know what it's like, and the dollar will only stretch so far. Um, but is there any other thing projects on the table at this stage that you might explore this year, 2024, or next year? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you touched there on the dollar, um, and what we're seeing for the fir- for the first time since probably the digital wagering age is that we're seeing a downturn in wagering, and that's not Queensland, that's everywhere. I mean, Victoria have cut have cut prize money in all three codes, New South Wales forward estimates reduced, and we're we're seeing exactly the same thing. And racing's racing's revenue now comes with the new deal purely on the back of wagering. Wagering we're down about. 10, 10, 12 percent. So that means there's a little bit less cash for some projects that we'd like to undertake. Um, and right now we've pretty much got a hold on most of them, with the exceptional, we, we do we are upgrading the lights at Redcliffe Harness. Um, but there's a few things we need to do. There's some stables at Cairns and that we need to get to. Toowoomba lights we need to relook. That they need they need fixing up. Uh, we need more stables in southeast Queensland, which would probably be a development in the middle of Deegan. Uh, but look, these are things that we're not going to get to in 24, but we've got to make sure we've got the money too. And then the, and the, the last and the biggest one is our grandstand at Eagle Farm. Uh, it's probably only got two to three years more life, uh, the John Power stand. So we've, we've got to find a solution to that one as well.
0: Mm. When you say 10 or 12% downturn, what does that mean in dollars to the listening audience? Roughly forty million dollars. Jeez. Um,
1: yeah, but I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. We've had twelve interest rate rises. Um, I speak to the uh, wagering service providers regularly. They're they, they're obviously feeling it, but what they are seeing is most of the all the big companies your tab, your entertainment, your sports bet are seeing the same number of bets, but people are just having less bets, uh, less less a uh, smaller volume. The average bet size is down. We're seeing that the the big, the big metropolitan racing's holding up pretty well. Uh, the smaller, the smaller events. if people still want to bet on the premium events? The smaller ones. We're just not seeing the turnover that we were getting. But you know, I have to believe it's cyclical. Interest rates will turn around. Cost of living will go down, and people will have more disposable income.
0: Could we see prize money cuts, Jason? No,
1: we won't. We won't. We won't cut prize. Well, sorry, I should never say never. But it certainly is our plan, and the minister. I've spoken to the minister about it.
0: Uh we, we certainly,
1: in the, in the foreseeable future, have no intention of uh, cutting prize money.
0: And the lights at the Gold Coast, of course, there's no drama there. They'll be proceeding in 2025. They'll be
1: proceeding, yeah. We'll, we'll race, a, we've got a race in May, a, a Magic a 2 two-year-old race uh, in May, a 1,000-metre race, uh, which will be the grand opening of those lights.
0: We'll be down there tomorrow, of course, doing our outside broadcast from the Turf Club. Looking forward to it. Uh, and the work cover, you've assisted participants there who are getting these massive bills, particularly the big stables.
1: Yeah, I think it's a function of the insurance uh, situation in Australia right now that um, insurances have increased across the last 10 years in all, all parts of uh, society and racing and trainers are, are, no, are no different. Um Racing Queensland helped the jockeys out for several years in terms of their some of their work cover and insurance situations. So I think the opportunity to to assist the trainers, but we've got to make sure we do have to help ourselves and make sure we manage the claims and reduce the costs ourselves. So Racing Queensland will certainly be working with the trainers to help them when they get claims to make sure that we, uh, we reduce it because the, the, the um, trajectory that we were heading we are heading, and again, it's not just Queensland; it's work cover across the country. It is frightening, and um, the only the only answer for us. And I like, think very thankful for the Owners Association who who backed us on this. As opposed, I see the Victorian Owners Association have come out and come out and harpooned uh, when Victoria tried to do something similar. But you know, I think working together as an industry, we're a much better chance
0: to get a result. Yeah, he didn't mince words, did he, Jonathan? Munns you're referring to. I am. Yeah, Gary Cunningham and his group up here were fantastic support. Thanks, Jason. We've covered a lot of ground as usual and we'll catch up in person finally at the Magic Minions. Have a coffee or something. Thank you, Steve. White with one, mate. You can shout. I'm an orange (laughs) juice drinker. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Jason Scott joining us. The Chief Executive Officer from Racing Queensland.